Welcome to the Tribe Archipelago podcast. Interviews and inspiration for photographers. We are a community of photographers united by a passion for our craft and a growing collection of some of the world's finest Lightroom presets and post-production tools. Whatever you're doing right now, whether it's editing your recent session, headed out for a shoot, or just hanging out at your favorite coffee spot, we're glad you're here. As a way of thanking you for tuning in, we are offering all of our podcast listeners a discount of 20% on your next purchase. Visit us at tribearchipelago.com and use the code TRIBEPODCAST to redeem the special offer. So thanks for joining us today, and on behalf of Tribe Archipelago, I'm your host, Sean Morton. Today I will be speaking with Jen Huang, a wedding and portrait photographer based in Santa Barbara, California. Jen is a medium film format photographer whose work has been featured on the cover of Harper's Bazaar, Brides Magazine, The Boston Globe, and more. She's received numerous accolades and has also been named a top photographer by Martha Stewart Weddings. Jen also devotes much of her time to educating photographers and was recently a featured speaker at both WPPI and PhotoNative. In this interview, we chat about shooting film, her portraiture guidebooks, and we touch on some of her recent workshop topics, including one called The Power of Introverts. I was thrilled to get the chance to chat with Jen, and so without further ado, let's dive right in. Jen, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Great. Um, listen, for those those people that are listening and maybe don't know who you are, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. I am a wedding and portrait photographer in Santa Barbara, California, um, and I have been shooting weddings and portraits for about 11 years. Nice. And um, you're originally from New York, is that right? That's right. And is this, um, so, so how did you, how'd you end up on the West Coast? Well, I actually went to college in Los Angeles. Oh, and cool. once I had that experience, I returned to New York for work and decided that eventually, once I had children, I would be back out in California. So about five years after living and working in New York City, I actually got engaged and we definitely wanted children. And so we basically said, all right, we're ready to move hmm. back out to California. Yeah. And we settled on Santa Barbara, which is kind of right between LA and San Francisco and has a lot of work opportunities for me. Very cool. Very cool. Does that mean you, uh, I know you kind of go all over for work, but does that give you quite a wide sort of local range in terms of the, the work you're doing being, being so central like that? Actually, not really. Okay. <laughs> it is, a great place to live. I love Santa Barbara. It's it's beautiful and uh, you can't beat the weather. Most of my California work is actually in the Los Angeles area and the San Francisco area. Okay. So Napa and um, the city of San Francisco. But I do get to convince a lot of my clients to come here for portraits because oh. I just know the area very well and yeah. I love the light. So I have been kind of convincing people to come here. It wasn't really that so many people were living in Santa Barbara. It's a pretty small town. Right. But I really like it, and everyone considers it kind of like a mini vacation. Oh, cool. Um, and then the other portion of my work is really kind of a lot of travel and also a lot on the East Coast. Oh, nice. 
Very cool. Um, listen, I, I want to dive into something that I'm really interested in. Um, so uh, I read somewhere that you describe yourself as a fiercely dedicated medium oh. format film photographer. So can you tell us a little bit uh, how you ended up settling on this as your, your medium of choice? So uh, w- what I mean, was this sort of an evolution or, or you know, did you start in film or digital? How, how did you get to become a, a medium format film photographer? Yeah, well, I think like every photographer in my generation, there was some dark room experience in middle school. And, you know, that's how we first uh, had a glimpse of photography and film. I remember in college, um, those were the years that digital was becoming the main medium for everyone. You know, everyone had their 35 millimeter camera and they were all switching over to digital cameras. And I remember even then just thinking, I'm not sure why people are switching over. My film images are so much more beautiful than the digital images. And of course, at that time, digital was horrible. You couldn't even, you know, um, capture, you really couldn't capture anything on digital well. And um, as people started shooting more and more digital, I started shooting more and more digital. And for me, it just never really gave me that thrill that film did. It never gave me that feeling that I was looking at something truly beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I always was shooting film on the side. And once I started shooting weddings, it was much more cost-effective to shoot digital. So my first, you know, year of weddings, I was shooting a lot of digital. And I just wasn't feeling, you know, that inspired. It wasn't feeling like I was doing something that was truly beautiful. And as soon as I started bringing film into it, that's really when I thought, okay, this is definitely something that reflects my art and my process. And basically, I've been shooting 100% film since then, and specifically medium format film because it's a larger negative. So you're really getting a larger image than 35 millimeter. Um, The film has a little bit less grain, so you're not getting as much grain, especially in color. And also... I just love, I shoot on the contact 645 with an 80 millimeter Zeiss lens. And that is my main photography, uh, photography kit. I could shoot that anywhere, any day, nice. you know, take all my equipment away and leave me that. And I'm okay. What's your, what's your film of choice? What's your favorite film stock? I don't have a favorite. I have three favorites. Oh, okay. Maybe four favorites. Yeah. Um, so for black and white, I love Delta 3200. Okay. And uh, that's an Ilford film. Yeah. Uh, for color, Kodak Portra 400, Kodak Portra 800, and Fuji 400H. Nice. When you're shooting the the Ilford 3200, what do you, do you um, uh, do? You shoot at 1600. What's what's your process with that film? Because I know it's it's really flexible, right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, sometimes I like to shoot it at 1600. Sometimes I shoot at 3200. For the majority of my images, I would say shoot about 16. I kind of like that overexposed graininess. Yeah. And uh, it just makes it very magical. Um, But I do kind of vary between one or two stops. Cool. Nice. And actually talk to us a little bit um, about your role in educating photographers. So, so you actually teach uh, photographers uh, the art and, and the craft of, of shooting in film. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I actually had a lot of workshops in the, I would say, the middle of my career. So maybe okay. two or three years ago, I had, I think, over 20 film shooting workshops. Oh, wow. And I don't actually offer workshops anymore. Um, but I like to write books. So I have currently I'm working on 
three more books. Um, but right now I have three books out, which is about natural posing and directing. Mm -hmm. And the way that I, well, the reason that I stopped doing workshops is because I want to be able to teach people the way that I learn, mm -hmm. um, which is very visually, but also in a way where I can do it at my own pace and learn whatever I want to learn specifically, rather than going to a workshop being offered kind of everything at once in this massive three day or two day uh, craziness. Yeah. And also a big part of workshops is uh, these style shoots, which at first, they seemed really fun, but now I look at them and can I be super honest? Yeah, please. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that it's just an opportunity for whoever the workshop host is to get in some styled shoots. <laughs> like I think that people are putting together workshops and then, and the, the people who are leading it are the ones who are shooting these beautiful things. And the people who actually attend get three minutes to kind of get a couple of shots. And I, I just don't think it's, um, I just don't think it's very fair and I don't think it's a really good way to learn. Oh, yeah. um, especially for someone like me, I'm fairly shy in groups. And so if I were in a big group of people shooting, I think I would get absolutely nothing out of it because right. I wouldn't be that one, you know, up there up front. Yeah. So I ended up thinking, you know, I want to do learning the way that's authentic to me. And that's why I, I write my books. So there was a couple things that, that you touched on in there. And one is your, your, your guidebook. So I actually wanted to ask you about that because right now, uh, I believe you've got a set of, of three portraiture guidebooks out. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So talk mm -hmm. to us That's about right. those. Yeah. Yeah. So before the guidebooks, I actually had one huge master guide for wedding photography. Okay. And I'm actually working on that, um, a rewrite of that guide right now. So that one is coming out soon. That's going to be the big book of everything wedding related. Oh, nice. Um, the portraiture guides came about because I felt that these types of guides, these bigger guides, they don't delve into one of the hardest parts of shooting, mm -hmm. which is uh, directing. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people, when they first start shooting, I think directing is one of the hardest things. Um, they can understand, you know, how to use a camera. They're probably very good at understanding those basics, but actually communicating to the client yeah. is difficult. And it's a different kind of difficult for everyone because it's very much um, a personal connection and relationship. Mm -hmm. So, these books really came out to talk about the basics of composition, the basics of directing, so that people have a really strong foundation, um, so that they have the same foundation that all of the amazing photographers have. So it's really just talking about why are the photos that we love, why are they the ones that we love, what is it about them that makes them compelling, what, that makes them really amazing, and then kind of digging into that and showing people, okay, you've got to make sure that you're composition is right. You've got to make sure that the way that you direct is natural. Mm -hmm. So every chapter kind of focuses on one way of looking at a simple couple's boudoir or family shoot. And it takes them through the steps to be able to create images that are very unique to them, but also have very strong foundations. Very cool. Very cool. And yeah, actually, I, I think you also describe yourself as, as not just a photographer, but, uh, and, and you touched on that here, but you, you also think of yourself as a creative director. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think that photography is actually the easy part because yeah. most people can get a pretty good photo with a good camera, you know, with enough time, good pictures, they can happen. <laughs> <Yes>. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But um, a lot of people 
are not seeing their role as something bigger, yeah. which is, I think, what is the difference between a sort of mediocre and a successful photographer. I might be taking it a little bit to the extreme because I'm very controlling about my photo shoots. <laughs> and, you know, I never meet a client and say, wear whatever you want, do whatever you want to do. That's yeah. never going to happen with me. <laughs> Um, I am very much about controlling it from the very beginning to the very end. And my clients actually really require and request that of me. A lot of them come to me knowing that the type of images that I produce have kind of my direction in there. And so they kind of leave it up to me. Um, Sometimes I get clients who just kind of know what they want. And those are the easy ones. But most people have no idea. And so I think a big part of my job is really pushing them towards the, the best version of the shoot that they can get. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Like you said, the the cameras are the technology is so good. It you're right. Anybody can pick one up, and and you're going to get some great shots. But uh, you know, to like you said, to stand out, it's just it's so important to have those skills, right? Uh, to be able to direct your clients. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and something else you touched on earlier when you're talking about doing styled shoots and, and, uh, you know, not being up front, uh, sort of ties into, um, one of the, one of the workshops that you did, uh, I, I want to ask you about it's and it was called the power of introverts sales for those without a sales personality. So give us a little glimpse about what you're talking <laughs> about here. Yeah. You know, the more I talk about it, the more I realize it's really the underlying, um, part of kind of all of my decisions throughout my career. I, I can't believe I waited this long to chat about it on um, at WPPI and at classes yeah. because it's, it's such a big part of how I've created my art and also my business. Yeah. So basically within my talk, how not to be an award-winning photographer, I mm-hmm. talk about um, how you have to be your worst self. And that doesn't mean being a bad person. It means understanding your weaknesses. Right. And lots of us are really good at kind of, you know, taking the classes to make us better lighting uh, people and better, uh, I don't know, um, film shooters. You know, there's all these little things that we're trying to learn and we're all trying to make ourselves a better photographer and we forget about some of our weaknesses. And I think that I, I forgot about those weaknesses when I first started. I didn't even think about them. And, and they're not even weaknesses. They're just really what makes you different and what make, make you special. So for me, for example, when I first started, I just wanted to do what everyone else was doing. You know, whatever another photographer was doing for marketing or for sales, I figured that was the right way to do it. Yeah. And as I kind of got to be more confident in myself, I realized, I really hate traditional sales. I never want to be that salesperson when it comes to my photography. I don't even want to talk about numbers when I talk about my clients. <laughs> and I realized that that's actually, that's actually powerful in a way. And while I thought it was kind of a weakness, I think that introverts are very powerful salesmen because if you think about it, you know, why do we all hate car dealerships, right? Like yeah, that uncomfortable... Yes feeling of being sold to. And one of the things that I talk about in this talk is what is the difference between introverts and extroverts? And at the base, it's really about energy creation and energy storage and energy usage. So introverts, uh, we actually regain energy and we re-energize ourselves when we're alone. Mm -hmm. And extroverts actually need to be around people in order to energize themselves. So when we're around other people, well, I'm saying we, but I don't know if you're an introvert or an extrovert, (laughs) 
But when an introvert is around a lot of people, they're drained. So they have to go by themselves and have alone time in order to recharge. Extroverts love being around other people. And so they recharge around them. And that's why they seem to be more friendly and they seem to be more charismatic. But actually, it's just kind of a different way of feeling, Hmm. you know, happy and and safe and comfortable. Hmm. Um, So anyway... It's a very long talk, so it's very hard to put it <laughs> yeah. into you know, a shorter situation. But what I really want at the end of the talk is for introverts who feel so kind of lost in the world of sales and marketing and self-promotion yeah. to feel that the way that they do it is okay and may even help them connect to the type of clients that they need to connect to, right. which is other people who appreciate them for their kind of more quiet and artistic and creative selves. Hmm. Very cool. It's, it, yeah. it's you're giving hope to introverts everywhere right now. So <laughs> I know. I just I hate I hate feeling like you know I had this girl come up to me after her, my class and she was um, she was crying and hmm. she just said I never thought that I was I was okay the way that I am and I and I just thought oh my gosh like I didn't realize this that people didn't know about this about themselves, but it, it's not a real surprise for me because I didn't know I was an introvert until much recently. And, um, and it's very, very nice to know that you, you do not need to be someone else in order to succeed. Yeah. That's, that's a fantastic message. I love it. Cool. And, and that's cool that you're inspiring people. So that actually leads me to my, my next question is, is where, where do you find inspiration? And, and I don't necessarily mean, you know, as with other photographers, but, but what inspires you, Jen? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I personally, I'm very committed to learning about business. Okay. It's actually, you know, most people see my work as artistic and yes. creative and that's how they find me. Yeah. Personally on the side, when I'm reading for myself, it's always business books. <laughs> and, uh, recently it's been all like neuroscience. books, <laughs> <laughs> And so, It's kind of like um, the more that I am confident in my business and in my my work, the more it's important for me to understand how um, the human mind works and how people interact and what it means to be a leader. Because when I first started, you know, no one really knew about me. And now a lot of people know about me. And I feel like I have this responsibility, especially when I'm speaking and teaching, to... um, to tell people that it's not just about the beautiful images. It's about living a beautiful life. And I know that sounds very cheesy, but um, it's not just about, you know, having this beautiful website and you, you do, you go to these beautiful weddings, but, but understanding your process and what's most important to you and your mission and applying that to your whole life. So the way that I photograph um, a bride and groom is a translation of, the way that I approach living and my family and my home. Hmm. And that's something that I kind of want to bring all together so that there's really no kind of like work-life balance. It's more of this symbiotic relationship where your art and your life are intertwined and, and that's hmm. okay. And that's, that's wonderful. Very cool. Wow. Uh, so what's, what's next for you, Jen? So uh, here's a kind of a big question. So what haven't you done yet, maybe in, in your life or, or work life that, that you'd like to do? Is there any, anything that's kind of on your, your to-do list? 
Oh gosh, I have a huge to-do list. Um, you and me right both. Right <laughs> now, my big thing, my big thing is finishing my master guide, yes. and I have um, a master guide and little focus guides coming out. So those are my big thing, cool. and I've been, um, I've been kind of looking for time to do that. Everything, it's it, even though it's winter and it's the low season, I still I'm. I have like this massive to-do list to catch up on. I don't know how that happens. Um, <laughs> yeah. The other thing that is very cool is my husband and I, we, we live in Santa Barbara. We actually just bought um, a hundred year old home that we are restoring. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so that is really what's taking up a lot of my time right now is this restoration of this home. We want to bring it back to kind of its old grandeur and to fix a lot of the issues that it has, which it has many. So um, we're kind of in transition there, and I'm really looking forward to getting this house done so yeah. that we can, you know, start living our lives. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, Jen, yeah. listen, this this has been a really cool chat. Uh, I I, um, I want to just thank you for taking some time with us today and, and sharing a little bit about, you know, uh, the, the work that you do. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating. It, to, to see someone, I mean, your, your film work is, is, it really is stunning. And I, I'm going to encourage everybody listening to, to check you out. And we'll, of course, put the links to all your uh, website and workshops uh, in the show notes. But uh, listen, thanks, thanks again for taking the time. It was a really great chatting with you. Thank you so much. Okay. Same here. Yeah, thanks, Jen. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe and let us know what you love about the podcast by leaving us a review on iTunes. And if you'd like to find out more about Jen Huang, please check out the links in the show notes at tribearchipelago.com slash podcast. And of course, don't forget as a way of thanking you for tuning in, we're offering all of our podcast listeners a discount of 20% on your next purchase. Visit us at tribearchipelago.com and use the code TRIBEPODCAST to redeem this special offer. So, thanks again for joining us today, and on behalf of Tribe Archipelago, I'm your host, Sean Morton. Until next time. <laughs>